I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 595 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. This is your first time listening to the podcast. Please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I got an awesome guest joining me today. Dan Payne is an actor and former professional athlete. One of his upcoming films is a movie he stars alongside Bruce Willis called Corrective Measures. That movie is scheduled for launch later this month, just a few weeks away, actually. The day I recorded this interview with Dan was the same day that Bruce Willis was trending on Twitter and really making headlines all over the world with his decision to retire from acting due to a condition called aphasia. Dan talks all about his experience working with the Hollywood legend in his latest upcoming film. Dan Payne is a former professional volleyball player turned actor. I'm excited to have him on the podcast today. Dan Payne will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Dan Payne was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the actor and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and recently I have been doing some media hits in promotion for my upcoming book, First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads. If you'd like to check them out, go visit my website, firstclassfatherhood.com, and click on the videos tab. You'll be able to check out all the hits that I've been doing on the media. And this weekend I will be live in studio over on Fox News Channel. If you'd like to check that one out, I will be there tomorrow, Saturday, in the 4 o'clock hour, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, if you'd like to check it out. The book itself is launching next week. We are only days away here. April 12th is the launch date. If you'd like to pre-order the book, the link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Please be sure you're following me over on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving me a rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. Always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list and let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Dan Payne. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Dan Payne. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you very much. Honored to be here. All right, let's start like this. How many kids do you have? How old? I got two boys, 13 and 10. Wow, very cool. What kind of sports or activities are they into? They are both little superstar athletes, I'm pretty proud. So one's uh, primarily a hockey player, rep hockey player, the 13-year-old Elijah. But he loves baseball as well, and that's just starting up right now. And then my other guy, the younger one, 10-year-old, he's a bit of a pitcher. He's a giant. He's uh, like 5'4 already at 10 years old. And uh, he's got an ar- he's got a cannon for an arm, so he loves baseball, but he's also a bit of a hockey star. So I'm all over the map. I'm, I'm rinks and fields all day long. Wow, very cool. Do you get involved with coaching at all, or do you enjoy it more from the sideline? I do. I love coach. I mean, if you're going to be there and I used to be a pro athlete, I feel like I have a little bit to offer. So, uh, yeah, I definitely coach. But there, there comes a time when the, the subtleties of the sport are no longer my forte and I got to hand it over to the uh, to the better qualified. <laughs> yeah, right on with that. I understand. If you could, Dan, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Uh, yeah, Dan Payne. Uh, I'm an actor now. I, I started my life as a uh pro athlete playing volleyball and then went and played some semi-pro rugby in Australia. Uh, retired, my body retired me, I like to say. And then I went over to uh, to Australia with my brother to start uh, photographic concessions. We did some resort island 
shows and uh, that got me hooked on the performance and stage stuff and I moved to England and got an agent and started climbing the yard, hard yards from there and uh, ended up where I am now for the last 22 decades of uh, chasing this dream. Yeah, yeah, incredible stuff there. So take me back to the beginning of your fatherhood journey then. About how old were you when you first became a dad and how did that experience change your perspective on life? <laughs> Man, uh, I was 37. I started late. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I think about my dad who had me at 22. Um, yeah, so late in the game in my mind, but it was I, I liked that I kind of have my, so you know, such and such together enough uh, to be a dad. And it was a, a life grenade in the best possible way. Um, it redefined love for me if I can get all gushy mushy. Uh, you know, that first time the first kid shows up. There's a whole new concept of love. So that was pretty amazing to have that life shift happen and the responsibility, the welcomed responsibility of trying to uh, help a young life grow to be a quality human being. Yeah. Not saying I am. I'm just saying I got to try and help one. <laughs> yeah, very well said, Dan. And I wanted to jump in. I know you're a big advocate for mental health. I wanted to jump into that just a bit here. Next month in May is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, I know sometimes maybe it's a lot of dads or guys will struggle with something like this, uh, whether they're going through depression, uh, where to seek help, how to seek help. Uh, what, what kind of advice do you have uh, for the dad that's out there listening that, that may be depressed or may have feelings like he's going through something or maybe dealing with a mental health issue? The first and, and foremost thing that I want to say is you're not alone. Uh, that was the biggest thing for me to recognize is that I'm not alone, but to get there, I had to first open up and say something. And, uh, so if I, I, it's the hardest step in the world to take because there's such a stigma attached to it that there's a weakness or a broken element to it. And when I finally got to the darkest place where I found the, I guess, courage or the fortune or whatever to say something to my wife to go, I'm not okay. I need help. I'm suffering with depression and, and it's it's got me. It's driving the bus. Uh, the, the shift from that moment was incredible. Uh, it, it's amazing to know that you're not alone and that the support is there and that it's okay to be to need help and ask for help. And I think as men, that was one of the, I think that's a big step and a, a tough one for men. I still think there's a stigma attached around that. So for me, that was the biggest thing was knowing I'm not alone and just taking the first step to a loved one. I don't mean go to a therapist. That's an even scarier step and maybe a more difficult one. It's a great one. And, it, and you know, when you find that courage in that stage, go for it. But the first one was just telling the person that you know you can trust with that deep, dark, deep, dark stuff. Uh, just tell them out loud, give it, a, give it a name and take its power away and then start driving, you know, try and take control of that bus again and be the driver. Yeah, great stuff, Dan. And what, one thing I focus on, and I don't know how much it may correlate, but I focus a lot on this show about the fatherless crisis that we have going on in our country. We got so many kids are growing up without a dad in their life and it's really having a wreaking havoc on our society. And I don't know how much of that may be tied into uh, into mental health issues with men that, that, that are estranged from their kids. But I just know that if we can get more dads involved in their kids' lives, I think 90 percent of the problems we're seeing would start to go away quickly. What's your take? I, I think that's a, a brilliant observation. I, I think awareness is huge. So if we get more awareness about some of the concerns, problems, and things that might be forcing dads into the into the outskirts or away because they're afraid of the stigma or the 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 reputation that you might get, it's you know it's a it's counterintuitive to think that it'd be stronger to just disappear rather than ruin or break or wreck or dump your crap on your kids or your family. I think. I mean, I I, I don't know. 
but communication is in my mind everything because with communication comes connection and with connection comes awareness and then there's growth and I, I know that sounds a bit you know woo woo but that seems to be working for me my man i love communication to breed connection and then together we find awareness and, and move forward as a group yeah, a lot of the steps seem similar too. I'm a recovering alcoholic and an addict myself. So a lot of that uh, all, all seems to carry over into my experience with trying to get sober and recovery and the entire bit. So, um, I mean, I, listen, uh, we're all struggling one way or the other. We're all fighting a, a silent battle somewhere. So it's always uh, important to be able to share stories like yours and to be able to advocate for men, women uh, to, to get help, seek help, ask questions and not be afraid to do so. Absolutely. Respect to you, man. I love that you're on a journey to health as well, because that I think just you and I opening up and saying it is going to help somebody else. And I think that's the element, right? Like the remember that old commercial, like I told two friends and they told two friends and so on. So, well, if we keep doing that, maybe we'll get a couple more friends on the on the path. Yeah, 100 percent. And bringing it back into you as a dad here with um, with your two boys, what, what type of disciplinarian are you as a father? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? It is very different. I mean, the, the generation to generation, it changes. I, I remember it like I love my dad. He is absolutely one of my best friends right now uh, in life, which is awesome. But I remember there was a scared, a fear element growing up, you know, like you wait till dad gets home. It was a legit thing. And I, I mean, it was great because he would come home and be like, what happened? And we'd be like, oh, sorry. I, my wife hates yelling, so I'm doing my best. Uh <laughs> to pull back on that. Uh, I do have a, I do have a temper that I keep working on, but I'm going to go back to communication. I'm trying to find a way to talk to them rather than bark at them. And I think, I mean, I got a teenager. I don't even know what language they speak. Right. So I'm just doing my best to translate what he's saying and what I'm hearing so that we can get to the same page and work, work towards, you know, that better human aspect. Yeah, I got two teenagers myself. I got four kids. I got two teenagers uh, myself, and I'm figuring it out like everybody else does. And it definitely makes you more aware of what your parents were going through when you were a teenager. And you start to really understand so much of, of what was going on then. And you and you try to figure it out now best you can. So much, right? Like, it's incredible. And for me, I remember all I can tell my son is like, I was a teenager. I just don't remember much about it. I don't remember taking notes on I wish my dad had said. So I'm doing the best I can, man. It's a free yeah. throw. Yeah, that's all we can do. And then getting into what you do here, I know you got the movie coming up, uh, Corrective Measures. Bruce Willis is actually trending on Twitter today, uh, saying that he's going to step away from his acting career uh, due to, um, I'm not sure, the condition that he he, he stated there. Uh, but what, what was your experience like working on the film with Bruce Willis? Was it obvious that he had some type of, uh, he was dealing uh, with some kind of mental issues or he was dealing with some kind of uh, illness? Uh, what was your take on working with him on the set? You know, he... I had heard rumors that he's tough to work with and it was so, and I, he's an icon and a legend and somebody that I have an unbelievable amount of admiration and respect for. So I was pretty nervous to meet him. I mean, this is a big step up at the scope of the project, the the names in the movie and I'm meeting him. He was an incredibly kind and gracious guy. Uh, he still looks like a million bucks. His presence precedes him. Like he's still that guy. Um, I know he had a lot, like for me, I've worked with a few names over the course of time. He did have a bigger entourage and maybe they were helping him out with, with things that, that were behind the scenes that we didn't know about, but he consummate professional. He went in and did his thing. I, I think he was a bit quieter than what I had anticipated. Cause I was, you know, I'm, I'm going back to moonlighting days and, and yippee Kaye, you know, like <laughs> best Christmas movie ever. Uh, I, I kind of was looking at that, but we all get older and, and things change. So for me, 
I didn't notice anything specific per se that except that there was more people helping him out and he would come in, crush his stuff and, and leave. There wasn't a lot of extracurricular time to hang out and kind of like fanboy all over the fact that it was Bruce Willis there. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, I hope he's doing all right. I know he's got a great group of people around him and I hope they're looking after him and supporting him or whatever it is, you know, and they did say that, you know, he was going to be business first when we were there like they they warned us that it was this wasn't a social event yeah yeah and and god bless them obviously one of the one of the icons one of the legends of the screen so uh that's one of the things that kind of sucks too as time goes on here you start to see all these guys uh aging getting older and, and, and phasing out and it's um i remember like my my father was born in 1930 so he was 50 when he had me so he used to always when we watch movies like you know, oh, this guy's dead. That guy's dead. This guy's, you know, I remember watching this guy when I was a kid. Now, as you get older, you start to realize that, too. You're like, oh, man, I remember watching this guy, you know, in, in a movie 20, 30 years ago. And now he's a lot older. So, well, uh, then you tell your kids about those guys. You're like, yep. this guy's amazing. He was like, he set the bar for cool growing up. And they're like, what, who, what's his name? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're watching oh. the, the latest YouTube star. You know, it's a, <laughs> yeah, everything, right? everything is different now. And what about, hey, listen, you, you did the volleyball professionally. Did any of your kids pick that up? Are you still involved in the game at all? Do you pay attention to it? Do you do, do you play when you get a chance? Or is it just a, a past memory for you now? I play a lot of hockey because uh, for some reason my body can handle that. The funny thing with volleyball is I had to put it away because my brain keeps telling me I'm 25 and my body keeps reminding me that is absolutely not true. <laughs> like, So, no, I, can't, I don't play volleyball much anymore. But the coolest thing the other day, and, and literally uh, – I can't remember what date it is. Maybe two days ago, my son said, hey, dad, I'm thinking of playing volleyball at high school. Would you be the coach? And I've coached him through hockey and baseball. And I've coached and, you know, prior to having kids, I coached a lot of volleyball after my career ended. And uh, that was huge. Like, I would love that. I mean, I got to go talk to the school and we got to figure all these things out. But the fact that he asked, that's a huge thing for me. I don't want to drive the bus. And I know a lot of buses in this conversation, but. With his sports, I don't want to put anything on him. I want to be the support for whatever he's so – like I'll be the gas in the tank, but he's got to drive the thing. So if he says volleyball, man, I'll be there. I'll be yeah, there. very cool. And then, and keeping it there with, with you as a dad, what would you say are the top values that you hope to instill, instill in your kids growing up? Uh, independence for one. I definitely want them to be, again, in control of their own uh, destiny, for lack of a better word. And from that, I want to be able to help them understand communication and and listening. I think, you know, if I listen too much to the internal world and I forget the external, there's got to be a balance there. And I think I lost the balance, went inside and then got all overanalyzing the beans out of the world and and got lost in that kind of messy cloud. Um, I think the world for me right now, the world's a bit lost in terms of fellow man and love and unity. And again, I'll go back to connection. It's the fuel for life for me, and I would love to help them find things that they're connected to, whether it be people, a purpose, um, whatever that thing is that gives them that sense of complete and connection. I want to help them do that. And I don't know what that is. They're pretty young, but I definitely want to be listening well enough to help when when the call comes. And, and Dan, I'll tell you what, it's a balance, too, because just for me, like I said, I have the two teenagers. You compete with the technology 
I try to I, I try to balance that because it's like although I don't want them engaged in the screen all day long, and I want them to be you know I want them to be outside, communicate with friends, face to face conversations. But on the other hand, I do know that the future of that they're growing into is going to be heavily on that screen. So I I, do, I want them to be familiar with it, know how to use it. Uh, it's the social media part of it. I think that I, I've tried to keep them away as far as I know they don't have any social media accounts. Uh, but I think it's such a useful tool. I'm speaking to you now because of it. Uh, so it, it's something I don't want to deter them from using, but it's I don't know how to really find that balance. And the pandemic kind of really threw that whole thing off because then oh. it became screen time maximized. How have you been handling it with your kids with the screens? I think you just covered every aspect of it. I mean, the, the pandemic for me, I was like, ah, uh, sure, Fortnite for three hours works for me. <laughs> like, it just, it is tough. And I, I'm I'm no expert in any way shape or form on social media i'm still struggling like crazy and i know it's a thing i don't want my kids to be the luddites who have no idea what the other kids are talking about but i definitely don't want them to melt their brains and be the the hunched over zombies that don't participate in the world so i'm right there with you i i really am honestly right there with you alec i i don't have the answer i mean the only thing that i can recognize is if i take it away and they have like that addict removal sort of tantrum that I've not been paying enough attention to that or monitoring well enough. If it's an okay, yeah, like, hey, time to put the phone down or put it away and they're okay and they're cool about it, then I'm I'm keeping it so that they're not, I guess, too involved in the screen world. I don't know, brother. Well, my, my biggest issue with it myself is that I'm addicted to the damn thing. I mean, it's doing this podcast, I'm constantly, and I got a book that's coming out here uh, this month. So it's like I'm constantly on there doing things with the phone, and I, I, I'm not leading by example the way I should be. And it's getting more and more challenging with this thing. It, it, everything that I do is on this on this machine here, you know. So it's just uh, it, it's hard to even get myself. The best part of our day is dinner time, six o'clock. There's no technology. We all sit down, all six of us. We pray together. We eat together, uh, and it's the best part of my day by far. That's beautiful. My wife is amazing at making sure that there's no phones around dinner time, that we have that family time, which is incredible. And I, this is part of my job as well, and I'm I'm very much trying to figure it out. But the good thing is that I'm not good at it, so I don't, you know, end up being zoned into it too too much, which maybe isn't a great thing. Sorry, PR people, um, but working on it. Uh, but yeah. The, there is a balance that we're going to work out and I'm so grateful to my wife cause she's far more adept at figuring that kind of aspect out. She might be even helping me out. So, you know, the one thing I did add is I don't look at my phone for the, for a half hour, partly to deal with depression and whatnot, but also to deal with screen time and stuff is I don't even look at my phone for the first half hour of the day. And I know that's tough for, especially with the, Oh, congrats on the book, by the way, but it's hard for you and myself to not because I'm checking in. I'm just checking in like, where are things at? I sent out these emails. I put this post where, how's it, Half hour of none of it because I don't want to be influenced or, you know, blue screen brain right out the gate. It doesn't yeah, do well I, for my mental health. Yeah, I love that philosophy. So, all right, so you have the collect, uh, corrective measures. When does the, that movie drop and what other projects are you working on? What's coming up next for you? Uh, corrective measures is coming out, I'm pretty sure, very end of April, if not extremely early in May. Uh, and I can't wait. Fox Tubi, first original and feature content. Um, Honored to be a part of it. And I just want to shout out to Sean O'Reilly. He was uh, director, director, writer, and uh, producer, executive producer. Phenomenal guy. So collaborative. Uh, and then for me, yeah, I'm I'm writing a script with a friend out of Florida, which we're really excited about. And uh, I'm pinned for a couple of things right now. So we're just fingers crossed. I, I hope the call comes through. 
it's a bit of a roller coaster, man. I, I think everybody in the acting industry knows, maybe except for Brad Pitt, uh, that we're, you know, that there's a bit of a roller coaster, and we, you just never know when the next comes coming. So, well, listen, if you smack somebody around, you may be good for your career. Who knows, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that, that worked out pretty well for uh, impressions and social media tweets. So, fair enough. Uh, last thing I want to hit you with here, Dan. I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Uh, new dads fight the good fight, man. I mean, it's uh, the first couple of years are really servitude. Uh, you know, it's a puke, poop and scream machine. And uh, after about two years, the interaction starts to kick in and it's the most beautiful reward for those two years, two years of hard work. And the hard work is still based in love and it's building that connection, that foundation. So be present. Uh, those smiles, that's why they make them so cute. Right. The, when the explosive uh, diarrhea happens, that smile kind of puts all that away. Um, so, yeah, fight those fight the good fight for the first two years, knowing that that's the you know, the hard work is the reward for the rest of your life. Yeah. Very well said. I love the message. It's been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, Dan Payne, your first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. I'm honored. Thank you very much. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Dan Payne for giving me a few minutes of his time. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram and let me know what you thought about today's interview. I always love to read your feedback. Don't forget, if you want to catch me live on the Fox News channel, I will be there in studio tomorrow, Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. I hope you'll tune in. If you're interested in pre-ordering the book, First Class Fatherhood, Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads, you can check out the link in the description of today's podcast episode. The book launches next week, April 12th, nationwide. I'm Alec Lace. That's all I got for you guys today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a tree, but it's all feelings.